Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Oh, holy moly. Geez, you know, I always say we have a great show coming up, but I really mean it. Today, we have a really good shoe. If you're uh, living in Southern California and you don't have a dog, how about renting a dog? Details on the way. Also, mandatory spay legislation for Californians. They're talking about that. It's already enacted in Santa Cruz, California. Details on the way. Your phone calls at 1-866-405-8405. Also, we're going to go in-depth... We're going to try to figure out what's going on with this dog fighting. Dog fighting in America, more prevalent than you may know. Hi, who's this? This is Rosie in Los Angeles, California. Hi, Rosie. How are you doing? I'm fine. Listening on Coast Coast 103.5, I imagine. Yes, sir. Oh, please don't call me, sir. <laughs> That's my dad. Oh, sorry. Okay. What That's just we, how. Yeah, what can we do for you? Um, I had a question. Um, I have a slight problem with my cat. Um, uh-huh. Around springtime, he tends um, to attack the birds, and he tears their heads off and chews on them, and then later on he, he becomes sick and, and he vomits the, the head. But just the whole process of him doing that, I, I don't know how to stop him. Wow. Is he bringing you gifts? Does he yes. think they're gifts? <laughs> yes. They always wind up on my porch. Uh-huh. they mice. Um, the birds I feel really bad for, though, sure. um, because they usually are baby birds. You know, he catches those. Yeah, Judy, you have the, the same problem because you have actually Nike, the studio cat that uh, that brings you uh, uh, all kinds bugs of, and all kinds of things as a gift. You yeah. know, they mean well, don't they? Yeah. Is there any way that you could keep your cat inside, or is he an outdoor cat? Is he an outdoor cat? He is pretty much an outdoor That's cat. Okay. He he does come in in the evenings uh-huh. and he sleeps with me, um, but during the day he insists upon being outside. Um, do you have bird feeders? Anything that are bringing the birds to your house? I have trees. I okay. have lo- lovely fruit trees, and, and they just love to nest in them, and, uh-huh. and just um, they're everywhere. I get hummingbirds and, and the little sparrows, and I get the little finches, and I get um, your common wren. You know, ah, beautiful. It sounds sounds wonderful. Uh, it is, but I feel so bad. <laughs> what is nature? And what is his name? Is it a he? It is a he. He has been fixed, um, and his name is Foot. Soot. Soot. How did he get the name Soot? Um, he's an all-black cat. Okay. Um, and he just reminded us of the ashes that come out of the, the fireplace when we clean it. You know, just black. And And now I'm thinking all-black, and I'm trying to think what a collar might look like on, because, of course, if you put a bell or something that makes a little noise around his neck, the birds will know before he even gets there. Guess what? We have tried that three times. And I don't know how, but he manages to wiggle his way out of each and every one, and we have no idea where it is. Oh, well, this is a tough one. Though. Yeah, he sounds... He literally will just strangle himself, because we've made them tight, so that way, you know, it won't go over his head. But not that it's choking him, but still, uh-huh. he, he manages to get out of each and every one we have bought him. Ooh. Because we thought of that. Yeah. That's, that, that's a tough one. Uh, in, unless you put a harness collar around him. And, boy, thats I know how that cramps their style. Still have to be careful because a harness, while it may not slip off, he can become entangled yeah. in trees and limbs and stuff and actually hurt himself. Right. Jumping fences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. 
How do you, how do you react when he uh, brings a bird to you, a bird head? Does he eat the rest oh. of the bird? No, no. We'll find feathers all over the place, but uh, no, the rest of the body is intact and sitting on the porch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll know to look for. <laughs> yeah, uh, my cat was the opposite. He would eat the. The heads and bring me, or he would eat the body. I mean, and leave the heads. I'd have open the door and have heads on my porch. When, when he does this, how do you react? Do you, uh, do you? Um, if if I catch him, I scold him. Yeah. Um, if I don't catch him, I just sweep it up and throw it away. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't discipline him when I'm not catching him because then he doesn't know why I'm disciplining him. Um, if I catch him, then he knows. Okay. I'm being yelled at because I am doing this, whereas if it's just a gift to him that yeah. he's left on the porch, well, I'm not going to discipline him because he doesn't remember that he's left this as a gift and right. I killed something, you know. We all know this, that they're doing this uh, just to be nice, to bring you a gift, and they're not trying to be bad, but boy, that's a tough one. You know what? We ought to put that out. To, who, would, who would know the answer? To we'll go to our supervisor. Okay, I'm going to okay. ask for my supervisor. See if we can get an answer for you, okay? Okay, that would be great because I had a cat before that did this, and he wound up with head um, mites. Ooh! A- and then I mean, they literally eat the head of a cat. These mites Ooh. They just get completely um, all over infested. And he's getting them from the birds. They get them from the birds. They do. Yeah. And I had to take them in, and, and they would scrape his head because they would just become crusted with this stuff yeah. from the birds. H- how old is it? Soot is, gosh, um, I believe he's 12. Pretty set in his way, so I guess a cattery might be out of the question, huh? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to try to find an answer for you, and meanwhile, we'll send some toys, if that's okay, some treats and oh, toys. that would be wonderful. Okay. I'm sure he would play with those, too. Okay. Hold on, Rosie. Oh, okay, second. great. Thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Always. Hold Sunday on. mornings, you're there. <laughs> you're awesome. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Studies are showing that the common goldfish may be a lot smarter than we thought. Nine-year-old Kyle Pomerlow agrees. He won Albert Einstein the goldfish at a school fair and soon noticed that the fish would react to him whenever he came near the tank. Kyle and his dad decided they'd try to train the goldfish to do something. They first bought a finger soccer kit from a dollar store and rewarded Albert with food every time he swam near the net. As soon as Albert got the net trick, they added a ball. Soon Albert was trained to push the ball into the goal for a treat. The father and son training team have heard from so many people eager to learn how to train their own fish, they've now started selling fish training manuals from their fish school website. They say it takes about five or six training sessions a day for about three weeks to teach most goldfish how to swim through a hoop. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. No time for a dog? How about renting one? 
from Hal Abrams, from the state that popularized purse puppies, drive through dog washes, and gourmet dog food delivery comes the latest in canine convenience. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a company that rents out dogs by the day to urbanites without the time or space to care for a pet full time. Marlena Cervantes. Founder of Flex Pets, bristles when people refer to her five-month-old business as a rent-a-pet service. She prefers the term shared pet ownership, explaining the concept is more akin to a vacation timeshare or a gym membership more than a trip to the video store. Flex Pets is currently available in Los Angeles, San Diego, and for an annual fee of $99.95, a monthly payment of $49.95, and a per-visit charge of $39.95 a day, Cervantes has a 10-dog crew of Afghan hounds, Labrador retrievers, and Boston terriers. Now listen up. For 15 years, the Aspen Animal Shelter in Colorado has gone a step further with a rent-a-pet program that allows residents and tourists in the resort town to take dogs out for a few hours or overnight for free. Get more animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products, 100% biodegradable training pads, biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover, a great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Every year, there are thousands of pets and animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Bill Mark with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. This public service announcement has been made possible by Animal Radio, a proud partner of Pets911.com. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Cat Genie is totally litter-free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover. So Cat Genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing. To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. 
Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Well, if there's one thing that's been on uh, everyone's mind, especially pet lovers over the last few weeks, it's definitely the dog fighting, the Michael Vick case, pit bulls, pit bull attacks in Reading, Pennsylvania. Boy, just a lot to keep the Humane Society busy, and I have uh, one of their top dogs on. Hi, John. Yes. John Goodwin, manager of animal fighting issues at the Humane Society of the United States, joining us. Uh, boy, a lot of news coming out uh, this week in regards to Michael Vick. And uh, what, what did you just learn, Judy, about... Uh well, one of the guys who was working with him actually pled guilty Ooh. and said that uh, basically that Michael Vick has sent him out to scout for places, rural places, to hold the dog fighting in. Okay, so that's not good for Michael Vick's case. No. And I just want to say that we know this is going on pretty much in every state, everywhere. It's brought to our attention because of this high media figure, Michael Vick. And I brought John on to tell us some of the signs that we might find that there might be dogfighting going on in our very own neighborhood. Well, thank you for having me on to discuss this. And certainly dogfighting is more pervasive in our neighborhoods and our communities than people realized before this spotlight was put on the issue as a result of the Michael Vick indictment. Now, a lot of in a lot of communities around the country, animal shelters are seeing more and more pit bulls coming through the doors than they've ever seen. Many with the telltale scars and injuries indicating they've been fought, and that's always kind of an indicator of how widespread dog fighting is in a community. But things to look for are properties that have a large number of pit bulls that are on heavy logging chains, strained from one another, you know, usually more than a, a, a regular family would have. I mean, no regular family is going to have 10, 15, 20 dogs. Uh, you, sometimes you'll see conditioning equipment in the back, such as the treadmills they run them on, or pieces of raw hide or tires. That These are like human treadmills they run them on? They're actually not exactly like human treadmills. Some of them will take human treadmills and modify them, but they have treadmills that are built specifically for uh, getting dogs in top physical condition. A lot of dog fighters use them. Some people that are involved in other activities use them. Mm -hmm. And 
some of them, instead of having like a carpeted belt to run on, will have what they call it would be a slat mill, where it would be small wooden slats. Others do have the uh, usual carpet that you'd think of as being on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, so, and there are people that have those for legitimate purposes, but a lot of the times when you've got uh, dog fighters do use those regularly, and when you see a large number of pit bulls and equipment like that, and some of the dogs have the scars around their muzzles or their legs, I mean, it it really gives you a good idea that there's something to be suspicious of. That, that should put up a red flag. I also understand that they train using small cats and dog, smaller dogs, and so obviously, if you have an animal, this does not bode well for living nearby. Right. Well, that that's certainly been a problem because we hear we see news clippings all the time from around the country about animals that have been stolen and then they or turn up in a dumpster on the side of the road with bite marks all over them. And it's more the uh, the, the, the street-level dogfighter. The, the organized world of dogfighting, they breed these dogs for aggression, and they only breed the dogs that have shown that they can fight in the pit for an hour and a half or two hours and that they can inflict serious damage against other dogs. Mm-hmm. And so they'll just breed this, this high level of aggression and this willingness to fight into them. Now, these more amateurish street fighters, those are the kind of guys that are likely to go around and steal animals for those purposes. And, and unfortunately, those are the guys that uh, that's where you're really seeing the growth in this blood sport, too, is uh, among these street-level fighters that just kind of uh, fight these dogs in their neighborhoods, and they just dump the injured ones instead of taking them to vet care or anything like that. And it's a problem. Wasn't there a time when it disappeared for a while? Well, I definitely believe that while dog fighting may not have ever completely disappeared from our country. I do believe that as the various state legislatures around the country started to pass tougher and tougher laws that it went into a steep decline. Mm-hmm. But there's been a resurgence of it, probably the highest level we've ever seen in ever, just in the past 10 years. And I think a lot of that's been fueled by images in the pop culture. There have been certain rappers that have glamorized dog fighting in their videos or in, mm-hmm. on the covers of their CDs. There have been movies that have been aimed at the same audience that buys those CDs, you know, young men usually from urban areas that have, uh, like, for example, Ghetto Dog and Ghetto Dog 2, uh, that's Dog D-A-W-G. Those are two movies put out by Lionsgate Home Entertainment, a major motion picture company that revolved around this theme of dogfighting and uh, uh, kind of glamorizing it and uh, 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 putting it forth this, this idea of dogfighting as being a part of a, a lifestyle that young men would find to be desirable. Well, it's it, ridiculous. Doesn't the, uh, the whole Vic case kind of actually popularize it even more? Well, it depends on how we handle this. Now, I do think that the the outrage that the American public has shown would certainly demonstrate to uh, a lot of people that, you know, if you get involved in this, you just might be the scourge of the community because Michael Vick's probably one of the least popular people in the country right now. <laughs> but if it's handled wrong, I mean, it could certainly have that sort of negative effect. I think that it's in, it's important for people involved in humane organizations and community leaders and uh, animal advocates to take this opportunity to take all of this attention that's on this issue and this sympathy for the dogs and this outrage at what happened to the dogs in Surrey County, Virginia in this Vic case and use it to advance this agenda of eradicating dogfighting from our country. How this is all going to play out depends on how we, we all as a collective whole handle this right now.
I'm wondering if dogfighting is limited to pit bulls. Are there other breeds that are involved? Well, in, in the organized dogfighting world where you have people that uh, really understand how to get dogs turned into killing machines and prepared for these these brutal fights, and they are really brutal. I've seen some real carnage left behind after these dog fights because they'll fight for an hour and a half, two hours, sometimes three hours, and they just destroy each other. Those guys, 99% of the time, are going to use the American Pitbull Terrier. Now, there are, in other countries like Japan, they have a breed called the Japanese Tosa. Pakistan, they have a breed called the Bully Cutta. But here in America, it, it's, it's really Pitbull. Now, there might be, though, some... Uh, kids in a neighborhood that take an interest in this sort of cruelty and just kind of use whatever kind of dog they have access to. But it's really, you know, with canines, they're pack animals. And while dogs might engage in short bouts to establish a pack hierarchy, Mm -hmm. they don't just naturally fight and fight and fight and uh, refuse to recognize submission signals and just keep on going until the other dog's dead. That's a very unnatural behavior in canines. It's bred into these fighting bloodlines, though, these, these, these specific bloodlines of the American Pitbull Terrier that are bred for fighting. Do you find uh, the Pitbull ban, or breed ban of, uh, well, Denver's had one in 15 years now? Do you, do you find it to be effective in tackling this? Well, you know, one of the things that we really objected to in Denver was the fact that there were a lot of people that had uh, good, well-socialized pit bulls that were loving members of their family and that had never done anything to indicate that they would be a problem towards any people or animals. And hundreds of those dogs were just taken away from people and put down and killed. And, you know, that that's just not an acceptable solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think what we've got to do is we've got to uh, help educate the public about dog fighting so they're aware of it so when they see signs of it they'll know what they're looking at and they'll report it we've got to educate law enforcement on uh, uh, the fact that this is an issue and, and how to identify it how to deal with it we got to get the judges to give out good sentences and we need to get into the schools and reach young kids that could be prone to be being recruited into that sort of lifestyle and teach them that uh, animals should be your friends not just tools that you use to, to fight to the death or fight till they're so injured they can't continue in these pits. Absolutely. That's where it all starts is with the kids' education. We're talking to John Goodwin, manager of Animal Fighting Issues at the Humane Society of the United States. Before I let you go here, you've given us a list of ways to recognize if this is going on in yeah. our own neighborhood. Who do we contact if we if we see this? I know that the HSUS offers a $2,500 reward. That's, a, that's an open standing reward. That's right. Uh, that's right. Leading to the conviction of illegal dog fighting. But if we see it in our neighborhood, do we call you? Do we call our local authorities? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is contact your local authorities, people that have law enforcement powers and can do something about it. But for people that are interested in that standing reward we have, uh, they can contact us through humanesociety.org. And if they bring forward information that leads to the arrest and conviction of someone for dogfighting or cockfighting or any other form of animal fighting, then they're, they're eligible to get some money. You know, if, if they go ahead and contact law enforcement and then, you know, they, and, uh, then communicate with us and we can communicate with law enforcement to verify that uh, uh, these investigations are underway and these arrests are happening, then, uh, then, we, can re- then we can do something and uh, somebody can have an extra bit of spending money and also do something good for the animals at the same time. Very good. John Goodwin, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, the website, humanesociety.org, and uh, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. 
You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Betty White. All us animal lovers love Animal Radio. Please help every way you can to make life better for our animals, like the Morris Animal Foundation does. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, a California legislator who's uh, trying to put together a bill to make spaying and neutering mandatory in California. And apparently he's being taunted. CNN reports that he's uh, actually going to drop his legislation because he's being taunted. We'll get him on the phone and make sure he doesn't do that. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Sherry. Hi, Sherry. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Very good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from St. George, Utah. Oh, lovely St. George. Now, this is a tough one because we're on three different stations down there. Which one were you listening to? I was listening to, I think it was 106. What can we do for you today, Sherry? I had a, first I was interested in what you were discussing on, on the radio. There was a couple things I was in, interested in. And also, if, if there was, my first question is a selfish question. It's for my cat. He needs to have his teeth cleaned. Uh-huh. And I know when I go to the dentist, I worry about him being traumatized. He's, he, I'm not the dentist, but the veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if there's any way that it can be done at home, if there's any way I could get um, the tools for it. I just don't like to have him over-medicated. Is that a possibility or not for me to do it myself, but that's, I want to not euthanize him myself. I want to clean his teeth myself. Yes, no, I understand. <laughs> you follow me? I'm following you because okay. uh, I go through the same thing, and I think we all do. We all hear these horror stories about them being sedated. Right. With the anesthesia. And that's correct, uh-huh. That's always tough when an animal has to be uh, put under anesthesia, and it's really tough when it's just for a simple teeth cleaning. And it could be a little bit expensive, too, around a couple hundred dollars, but... That's more than my own teeth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me let me tell you, though, what can happen if you don't get them cleaned. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, infection could take over, bacteria, bacteria. Uh, abscess, and all of these things can be fatal to your animal. They well, can, it starts in the starts with the teeth, and then what it does, it'll go into the bloodstream, and then it'll end up in the organs, the heart, and things that like sense. that. That makes sense, just like humans, when they, mm-hmm. if they don't get their root canal like they're supposed to. Right. Yeah, so we, we all battle. You're not alone, so when you say you're, this is a selfish question. This is actually probably a lot of people are thinking about this right now. There's no way to, to take care of it at home. It just is something that just needs to be taken care of at the veterinarian's then. Is that correct? Yes, but uh, there there are things you can do in between so that mm-hmm. when he goes to the vet, he might not even need to be put under. I don't know. What, it depends on what your vet says, but there are uh, formulas and such. Oh, okay. I'm going to let Hal tell you because about Because I know <laughs> I, I, last year we met this guy at uh, Super Zoo, Bud, uh-huh. and he has this uh, Pets Life, which is like a palatable mouthwash which cleans in between uh, visits. I also oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I also got from uh, Hearts, they sent us and I'm going to send this on to you if that's okay, a toothbrush with uh, toothpaste. I wonder if he'd like that. He thinks he's a human but I don't know if he wants to brush his teeth or not. <laughs> well, no, let me ask you this question. How does he uh, interact with you? Are you able to get into his mouth? Oh, yeah. He's he's my best friend. He, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He's got a little bit of build-up now and so he's, I can tell it's a little sensitive. The gums are a little red. 
But I think that's why he doesn't let me look at his back teeth as much, is because it's probably starting to bother him. Yeah, uh-huh. hurt a little bit. You know what I do with my cat is I have a little. It's like a thimble, a rubber thimble right, that okay. you put over your finger, and you put a little of this toothpaste on. Oh, that work. Yeah, he'd let me do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. All of these things are available at your store, and, and of course, it's just like humans. If you floss in between dental visits, uh, it's not going to be so bad when you get to the dentist. But right. it's got to be done, uh, especially if you see like a red line along the teeth. Is that correct? Yeah. That's if you a, see a sorry. red line, that's probably time. But what was how I was talking about in between is when you use toothpaste, don't use human toothpaste. Oh yeah, very. They, not use human toothpaste. No, they, okay. it, they they aren't able to spit it out, and it'll get into their system. <laughs> it's not a good thing. There are pet toothpaste specifically for this, but you know when it comes to a really good teeth cleaning and if you're seeing signs like that you really should leave it to the professionals and have your vet and some things to do some tips on taking him to your vet check to see with your local veterinarian who does the teeth cleaning is it a technician that doesn't have the proper skills and has been properly trained or does the veterinarian do it himself? And you might also want to think about taking him to a vet that specializes in teeth cleaning. Okay. There are, there are such a vets? a really good idea. Yes, yeah. there are vets that do that specialize okay. in teeth cleaning. And if you take them to your local, make sure that your vet's doing it, not a technician that doesn't have the proper skills with administering the anesthesia. And if you're concerned about your animal under anesthesia, you can have you can ask them to do a blood work. And what okay. they'll do is do a previous blood work to check everything to make sure that your animal can get through the anesthesia. Now, let me ask you a question. They should should be doing blood work anyway. They're not going to ask you. If they're going to put your animal under anesthesia, they need to do blood work prior. I know that. And well, I'm an idiot. If your cat's young and healthy, they may not think it's necessary if he's okay. not showing any signs. And if it's your regular vet, you've taken him in. He knows his health history. Yeah, I know. It's been several years, but I had I lost a, a cat because it was over euthanized. So now I'm... You mean over... Uh, over over and I'm sorry, that's not the word I'm thinking of, anesthetized, yeah. Yes. Really, you lost one to that. Mm-hmm. And that's what? why I'm so scared when you love something that much. And oh, sure. go to pick it up at the vet and you feel like you're trying to do the right thing and now you don't have any What kind of procedure was Yeah, who did done? it? And it was, it was a long time ago, but it was in Utah. And it was actually a little cat that had to have a C-section. Mm, oh. And lost all the kittens and lost the mother, mother cat, too. I'm sorry to hear that. Actually, we saved one kitten because I hand-fed it. And Oh, good. So we did save one kitten. I mean, this has been, I bet it's been 15 years ago, but I kind of got a little gun shy after that of letting any of my cats do anything that had to be, um, what's the word again? Anesthetized. Anesthetized. I don't think I even said anyway. Had to be put under the gas or whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, it's come a long way in 15 years. That's what I was okay. going to say. We just got on a, the other line a, a doctor who's saying that it's come a long ways. It really has. And that there's okay. new new treatments and you need to consult your vet and a veterinarian that you trust, of course, to do the job. And it has to be done, unfortunately. It's like uh, changing the tires on a car. It's got to be done. Yeah, it has to be Every 100,000 miles. And you got to leave it to the pros. Okay. Yeah, I, well, that's one thing I know I can't. Do. I might think I could clean the cat's tooth, but I know I can't change tires. So <laughs> I'll put that in the same category then. Well, we're going to go ahead and send you some of these goodies that we got that'll help you. Uh, what's your cat's name? Rocky. It'll help you brush Rocky's teeth. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second, okay. if you will. Hi, this is Rue McClanahan on Animal Radio. Stay and neuter your pet. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. 
That's 1-800-517-4289. Cat Genie is totally litter-free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover. So Cat Genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing. To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Hi, this is David Fry on Animal Radio. I want you to think about this. It's much more important what we learn from our dogs than what we teach them. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. We have that legislator on the on the phone. Now, CNN says he has no spine. Some of his cohorts are teasing him. We're going to make sure that's not true because I think his legislation is awesome. It needs like, to be done. How are you doing, Lloyd? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I've been seeing this in the news and I wanted to get you on the phone and wanted to talk about this. You, uh, first of all, proposed legislation that would, I guess it's ma- mandatory for spaying and neutering of uh, animals, adopted animals. When you go out and adopt an animal, it will be required that you spay and neuter it. Is that the legislation that you're trying to get passed? In a nutshell, yes, it is. There's you know, obviously a lot of details that go along with that, but yes, it would uh, require that uh, most animals in California be spayed or neutered. These are animals that uh, people already have, already own? Yes, again, with, with the exception of some exemptions that were put into the legislation, um, yes, and and I think it's important to, to you know to start with a foundation as to uh, to why. Yes, uh, in California every year we uh, euthanize or kill five hundred thousand dogs and cats. We send a million of them into shelters. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, about fifty percent of them get uh, get killed. That costs California taxpayers three hundred million dollars a year uh, just in the the care, the housing, the feeding, the shelter costs for the animals. That doesn't count for the $160 million that the city of Los Angeles is spending to build new shelters. It doesn't account for the other jurisdictions around the state that are also spending uh, significant amounts of money to build new shelters. So it's just, it makes financial sense. Really. Uh, yes, you know, there, there's there's uh, you know a couple of ways you could address the problem, uh, you know, and one of them, the one that I've chosen, is to stop the flow of animals into the shelters. You know, you can work on all of the the rescue programs you want. You can keep building bigger shelters, but until you stop the flow of animals into the shelters, you're never really going to get a handle on the problem. I guess I agree with you a hundred percent. Where the reason I'm calling you on the phone is this uh, press release that I received from CNN says that you've withdrawn this proposal because. You become the object of personal attacks. Um, you know that's not uh, why we withdrew the proposal, um, and I would never want any uh, opponents to think that uh, that personal attacks would discourage me from uh, what's right. Uh, I will tell you, yes, the personal attacks have been very disheartening and very frustrating. Um, you know, I'm trying to solve a legitimate public policy question and save the taxpayers' money, and my opponents have chosen to uh, make all sorts of. Uh, wild accusations and, and other uh, other statements. Uh, we withdrew the bill because we didn't have the votes uh, in the uh, in the Senate committee. Uh, mm-hmm. We needed more time to work on the legislation, and we're going to come back in January in an attempt to uh, to amend the legislation and and move forward with uh, with something that we believe will pass the legislature and get the governor's signature. I'm glad it's not a dead issue then. Uh, no, it's not. So, what kind of personal attacks? 
oh, you know, everything from, uh, you know, calling me a criminal to, uh, to numerous other, uh, uh, you know, accusations and uh, assertions about my character, about my motive. Well, well, I, well uh, what do they have to gain out of that? What, what is, who, who gets hurt by this legislation, I guess, is my question. There's, there's a group of people out there uh, who breed animals, and we have put exemptions in the legislation in an attempt to help legitimate breeders. The problem is uh, the quote-unquote legitimate breeders, and I, and I can't characterize all of them this way, but the vast majority of those who have contacted my office, to use the term loosely, uh, as near as I can tell, and, I, and I've been involved in, in this issue for quite some time, they just believe it's their God-given right to breed their dogs and cats, and the rest of us should just get out of the way. Uh, they don't want to take part in any legitimate process. Uh, they simply come back at the next committee and criticize the amendments rather than taking part in the process. Well, you think that breeders would be concerned about animals and would be concerned about all animals that are being euthanized because... Well, of... it's, it's, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's interesting you say that um, because one thing that I've discerned uh, and others have pointed this out you know, in their rhetoric in the committee, is my supporters talk about animals. They don't talk about their animals. They talk about the 500,000 that are being killed. They talk mm -hmm. about the welfare of all animals. The other side talks about their animals. And what I've seen to, to determine is they really do care about their animals. Mm -hmm. But there seems to be a disconnect. You know, your, their rhetoric is that I'm going to interfere with their right to breed their animals. And if I only knew how much they loved and cared for their animals, and, I, and I'm not doubting that they do, but it's the rest of the 500,000 that we're killing that, that they just seem to, to not acknowledge. And some of them directly say that the, the shelter workers are making up the problem, that it doesn't actually exist. I mean, you know, when I say not acknowledge, it's not even a, a mental disconnect. It's an actual, you know, the shelter workers are making this up. We don't have this problem in California. Uh, there's a problem all over the United States. Well, that's my next question is California has always been a pioneer with legislation and, and bills. Is there any model of this working anywhere in any state right now? The ordinance that we've actually modeled ours off is, is a successful program in Santa Cruz County in California where they've had it in place for 12 years and seen a 60% reduction in the number of animals going into the shelters. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're behind you on this, and uh, we'll be following you. And good luck, and we appreciate, I appreciate that. that. Well, you Thank must you be getting much. someone's attention. They're they're listening. They're calling you. So keep going. Ruffle some feathers. <laughs> Thank you very much. Or You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot, over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pets stop 
stop resoiling in the house? Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Earlier, we were talking about renting a dog, a new rent-a-dog program that's coming out of Los Angeles, which there's pros, there's cons, but nonetheless, it's a $600 a year program. Cost, yes. Pretty costly program. And let's say you fall in love with that animal. You can't adopt the animal. No, you're just renting them. you got to give them back. They're doing it for free in Aspen, Colorado, at the Aspen Pitkin County Animal Shelter. We have Seth Saxon on the phone. Hi, Seth. How are you doing? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. You're the top dog over there? Uh, you can say that. That's, that's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you, you've had a rent-a-pet program going on for a long time where you allow resort visitors to uh, check out a pet and perhaps adopt it? Correct. I, uh, I have encouraged people to do that for the last 15 years because... Not only are the people having a blast, they whether a tourist is taking a dog out on a hike or just walking around town and feeling like a cool local or missing their dog at home and living vicariously through the animal shelter, um, it's great what it does for the people. But most of all, it exercises and socializes our dogs, and oftentimes the animals get up get end up getting adopted because of their. Uh, exposure in the outside world. How many would you say get adopted? And I guess it's not just only adopted from the people who have rented. And when you say rent, it's free, by the way. But, exactly. Uh, but the, like you say, the dogs get out and they're on the streets and they're they're really exposed. It's, it's amazing. Uh, more often than not, the dog walkers themselves end up adopting the dogs. I've had dogs go home on private jets to uh, Texas, Florida, California, <laughs> you name it. And... Uh, more often than not, the actual dog walker, but it's also great exposure in that someone will meet them on a trail or on the mall in town and, and say, you know, wow, that's a beautiful black lab. And they'll say, well, she's up for adoption. And then the new people will end up adopting her. What kind of stories can you tell us? Well, it, it's so prevalent that our pet boutique in, within the Aspen Animal Shelter, we ended up calling Aspen Wags to Riches because... We have these dogs that are found homeless on the streets of Aspen, or I even rescue sled dogs from a dog sled kennel here, and they literally end up, I can't mention names, but I'll just say they've gone home with a lot of wealthy, famous people, and the Wagstrichers is just fun, because obviously, you know, as long as you can afford the vet bills and, and, and pay for food and supply love and, and responsible ownership, um, yeah, that's considered going from, from Wags to Riches as well. Um, but stories that range from, uh, we, we, people send us photos. We have one dog that was a sled dog here, lived on a uh, five-foot chain its whole life for 12 years except when pulling a sled, and now they've been sending us photos of the dog on their um, yacht in Sarasota, Florida. So wow. stuff, stuff like that left and right. It's happening every day. So they're getting adopted by owners that are pretty much going to spoil them, guardians that are going to love them dearly. Exactly. We, we screen everybody thoroughly, and it, it's just really exciting. So for me, you know, I read that, that article that was on the AP that, that I was mentioned in, and I, I am not trying to make money by, you know, use the, the phrase rent them out. 
But what I love about it, it's just a win-win for everybody because it's great for the dogs, it's great for the people, and, you know, it's a liability for me because people are walking my, my live animals around town. Mm-hmm. But I, I assume that responsibility, and I have the people sign waivers, and it, it just works out and it's worth the risk. You guys have been recognized as uh, one of the top 100 animal shelters in the United States shelter programs, uh, the dog walking. Oh, program. you did! You did your homework. <laughs> well, I got to say, there's a lot of shelters and a uh, little old Aspen coming in there doing pretty good. You have a dog walking program. You have a rent a pet program. What other programs do you have? Well, the dog walking is the most fun for the general public. I I have T-shirts that that say I walk the dog at the Aspen Animal Shelter and. You see people wearing them all around town. <laughs> and so really, that's our, our best program. But we also host children's birthday parties here at the animal shelter. And as part of that, the kids go on hikes with the dogs. So we get responsible wow. adults, and we, we go take them on a hike down to the river. It's really exciting. It really does sound like fun. And if you're planning a vacation to the Aspen area and you'd like to uh, spend some time, maybe you're thinking about adopting and you don't know where to go on vacation, this might there actually sway. Yeah, right. It's, uh, it's fun. People can check out our website, dogsaspen.com. And I, I hate to plug myself. I didn't get permission for that. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they can always just Google the Aspen Animal Shelter. But that's all, that's all I'll say. I won't even throw my phone number in there. Oh, no, go ahead, if you want. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so they can always call me, 970-544-0206. And we do encourage everybody. It's, it's a great first date. I mean, that's a whole show in itself. Uh, you know, it's neat because the people can focus on the animal and they don't have to be stuck at a table or asking one another about their lives. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Aspen, a very beautiful place any time of the year, uh, even yeah. this time of the year right now. And, of course, there's there's in, inexpensive places to stay around Aspen. There's uh, Carbondale. There's uh, a, a whole surrounding cities. You don't have to be rich and famous to plan a vacation exactly. there and visit the shelter there and rent exactly. a pet the day. Uh, we'll, of course, put links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Seth, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I want to go. Listen up. That's all we have time for this hour, but there's plenty more. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Anytime. Get it at AnimalRadio.com. And, of course, on your cell phone, anytime, anywhere, any provider, simply text ANIMAL to 27627. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it's cat, don't declaw and never, ever bite from a breeder. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Have a great week. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And welcome back. This hour, we're going to green your pet. Yes, Animal Radio, hopping on the old eco bandwagon. Going to tell you how you can save resources, valuable resources, and be a little more friendly to this earth. Also, the truth about fleas. Yes, you've been lied to. But we're gonna tell it's you, all been a big lie. Yeah, the truth today right here on Animal Radio. Dog beer and what is this? Kids in Charlottesville building dog houses? 
I think I'm going to listen today. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? This is Jane Cole. Hi, Jane. How are you doing? Doing fine. Hotter than hot. Well, where are you? <laughs> Mayville, New York. Mm, is that near Jamestown? Yes, it is. Okay, you're listening on a brand new affiliate there, WJTN. Thank yep. you so much. Uh-huh. What uh, What is your question? Well, I tell you, my golden retriever, he's four years old, he had a growth right on the crease where his ear comes out of his head. Uh-huh. And that I took him to the vet, and he says it was a tumor, a skin tumor. Mm. So he set up a date. Okay, we went in. He operated, took it out, and he said it was a tumor on top of a tumor. Wow. Huh. Is that unusual? Yes. That Well, I don't know if that's unusual, but that sounds pretty serious. Well, he had to wear one of these lampshades for, what, two weeks? <laughs> yes. I, oh, are... he was going crazy. Yes. But it's all better now. It's healing. Now his hair just got to roll back out. Mm. And my question is, will this reoccur? Well, you know, that's something that your veterinarian can answer, probably more specifically than I can answer, because uh, he knows exactly what uh, what's there and uh, what, how fast it moves. Did he do a biopsy on it? I don't know. He didn't say he did. Okay. But he said he removed it. Yes. And I asked him, will this come back now? That, he says, we can't tell. Yeah, yeah that's something... When's that... your next visit with him? Well, he doesn't have to go back. He went back, what, last Wednesday and had the stitches taken out. Yeah. And everything's doing fine. I would suggest that, uh, you know, you keep an eye on him and constantly feel him, not only around his ears where this one appeared. A lot of times if you massage your animal and kind of bond yeah. with them, you can feel him on an everyday basis so you know when something's different. If yeah. you feel a little bump or something that wasn't there before. And I would just kind of keep an eye on him because it's something if he's had it once, chances are they could come back. And, of course, it would be uh, recommended that you do go back to your vet every uh, I guess periodically to check to make sure that it hasn't gone yeah on. Uh-huh. uh boy i wish you could put him up to the phone and i could say you know what looks good to me <laughs> <laughs> uh but unfortunately every case is different every yeah. case is different well i asked the vet if he thought it would come back and he says he has no idea yeah it's something... i asked him what what would have caused it uh-huh. And he says, well, there's several different reasons, but he didn't give me any. Well, that, you know, that's something that you can't really point out, too. It can be environmental conditions. It could be food. It can be so many different things that it's really hard to put a finger on it. It's could, just uh, better to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, it could be congenital. Yeah, there's really a, really but, just a variety. It's like humans. You know, when yeah. humans get cancer, you don't really know where it came from. Was it something back in 1966? or? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? really. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, of course, you don't know. There are so many success stories with cancer in humans, and I would imagine the same with uh, canine and feline. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Can we send... What's his name? Tucker. Tucker? He's Sir Tucker of Snow Ridge. Sir, Sir Tucker of Snow Ridge. Can we send Sir Tucker of Snow Ridge some toys? Uh, he would love that. <laughs> okay, Jane. Thanks so much for listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second, okay? Okay, we'll do. It was the craziest thing, Judy. You might remember Tucker, my uh, brother's dog. Right. Got some flea bites. Couldn't see any visual flea bites. Thought the whole flea problem was gone, but the dog was still scratching. Mm-hmm. And we learned eventually... 
that it could be an allergy to fleas, which can last, uh, well, I'll ask the expert. I decided to get the expert in because I don't want to act like the expert here. Okay, Dr. Heather Willis-Goulet, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist with Florida Veterinary Specialties in Tampa. Hi, doctor. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. And yourself? I'm, well, I'm doing okay. I'm trying to get to the end of this mystery here about this. Uh, and I hear about this day in and day out. Oh, my, it's so my, common. My dog does not have fleas. I can see scratching. Him. Yeah. I can see him. Well, it's a hypersensitivity. Uh, I try to get my clients to understand it in the way that humans are allergic to peanuts, and they can't go on to even a whole entire airplane if anyone opens a bag of peanuts. It's mm. a hypersensitivity reaction to the bite of one flea. Mm. And our patients who are itching are so good at removing fleas that they remove the majority of a visible adult fleas while they're chewing and, and scratching. Mm-hmm. And the, that one bite... The allergen, they say, can last for one to two weeks and make your pet itchy. It's not just itchy where the flea bit your pet, but it's itchy in the whole entire flea allergic area, which is the rump, um, the tail head, the belly, and the hind legs. And sometimes it even spreads up toward the armpits. I'm seeing a lot of doctors uh, usually go the route of steroids to at least assist with this. Is this the right course of treatment? Well, that's part of the symptomatic treatment to help your your pet become more comfortable temporarily. But then it's our job to to put an end to your flea problem and stop your pet from getting bit by fleas. And that's the primary way to treat and get to the root of the problem. I understand that fleas not only create a bite and they're, they're a pest, but they also carry parasites like tapeworm, which I believe can be fatal, right? <laughs> Fortunately, tapeworms are not fatal. Oh, okay. Fortunately, um, but they they do, um, they can, they don't usually cause too much problems, but when owners notice little things coming out on the bottom of their pet or in the poop, they... Mm-hmm they freak out and so we really need to treat those but they're a mild problem of course they can take nutrients from the pet one of the signs like you say coming out of your animal animal is it sometimes it looks like rice rice on the bedding when they dry they look like little dry pieces of rice on the bedding or on the rump on around the um, tail area and that's the tapeworm yes that is a tapeworm and they caught it if you're your pets have tapeworms. They have eaten a flea. That's how the only way they can get them. Oh, wow. Will it go away by itself? Or? No, it needs to be treated, and it's easy to treat. I guess first thing to do is get rid of the fleas with one of those, uh, I don't know, over-the-counter or veterinary recommended treatments. Adulticides. Yeah, there's a number of different types of products out there. Um, most of the ones that you put on your pet are called adulticides. Um, you know, and, and to just make give some examples, there's... Uh, Advantage, Frontline, Revolution, and those are all adulticides. There's also a pill called Capstar that's also an adulticide. And then those aren't 100%. So some fleas will eventually escape that. And they didn't used to. We were very spoiled the past 10 years, and those worked wonders for us. But the fleas, you know, they, they love certain environments, especially Florida, and they're able to escape that. A certain percentage of fleas survive through that, and those fleas are able to lay eggs. And once a female starts laying eggs, it can uh, lay up to 50 eggs per day. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so that's where your problem is. So you're killing adults, but you've got all these eggs that are hatching in your yard and house. 
And so that's what you need to take care of um, in addition to the adults if, if you're having a problem and also to prevent resistance. And those products are, are what I call flea birth control. And what they do is they prevent the flea from reproducing. And some of the products like Frontline have that in them and other times you have to take a separate product like Program or it's also in Sentinel um, and there's various others you can treat in your house um, that that carry that what I call flea birth control product and that's that's the um, whole scheme of things. Now if you're starting to see fleas in your pet those fleas came from the eggs laid three to eight weeks ago mm. so even once you start what I call the perfect flea control program with an adult aside and something to stop the the flea from reproducing, remember that you're going to see fleas coming from those eggs that aren't treated yet in the environment for another, you know, couple few months. And sometimes the fleas can adapt their life cycle to last even longer. So that's why you still see fleas despite excellent flea control. So it's really important not just to use the treatment on your pet, but treat the house, to treat the backyard. I mean, boy, you really have to go to If all you're having rooms. a problem. If you're not having a problem, I'd recommend just the the two two types of products, whether oh, okay. they come in one as a combo or they come separately. If you're not having a problem, if you're having a problem where you're seeing a lot of fleas and you want to get some immediate control and, and relief for your pet, you can treat your house and yard. Just make sure those products are safe for your pets. As a dermatologist specialist, you must see every year poisonings of cats that have used dog adulticides. That's correct. We, I fortunately don't see them, but they do come into our emergency service, and and that's very important. You have to read the labels very, very closely. A lot of the products that are over-the-counter are toxic to cats, and so you, and even some of the wonderful ones um, that we also sell in the veterinary hospitals are toxic to cats, so you have to make sure that product is specifically made for cats. Um, It's not just a toxicity, but unfortunately, some kitties don't aren't able to tolerate it at all and they they do die so that's something very important that even with the prescribed amount well if it's for a dog yeah. it's not for a cat okay, yeah but so if it is for a cat it should be safe is that correct if it's labeled for kitties at the mm-hmm. prescribed amount um it it should be safe there are some products that if you use more than the prescribed amount it won't be safe I hear about people saying, okay, well, I have a couple small, small dogs and a cat. They weigh about the same, so I'm going to take what I use on my dog and just put it on my cat. Uh, ideally, we the, the formulations are created to safely use on your pet per, per that tube or vial or, or whatever the way the formulation comes. And so um, unless your veterinarian has specifically prescribed it in that manner, um, you need to not use, like if it's for a 10-pound cat, you need to use the whole thing on your kitty or you're not putting the proper insecticide level on your cat or your dog for that matter. And so then you're getting decreased insecticide levels and you're going to get flea resistance and some fleas escaping and more eggs in your house and yard and, you know. So the use whole... the right stuff is what you're saying. Yes, read use the, the right stuff. Use it um, as it's directed on the label um, and use it as a preventative program, not just, I think, you know, as humans, we, we like to do things, oh, there's fleas and I'll just treat, but the best way to do it is preventatively so you don't, because remember, once you see that flea, that means you've got eggs in your house and yard, and then you'll have a harder time get, con- getting a- under control. Okay. I'm kind of itchy over here. Yeah, now. I like you talking about it. Uh, the website is www.fvs.com. That stands for Florida Veterinary Specialist. They're open 24 hours a day. 
And they, uh, I guess this is the way to go now. Specialists for everything. The, you know, your veterinarian doesn't cover everything now. you got to find the person who's going to do the best job. And, then, of course, if they're having a skin problem, uh, Dr. Heather Willis-Goulet, a board-certified veterinary <laughs> dermatologist. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a wonderful day. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, it's Lisa Laporta from HGTV's Design to Sell for Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Hi, I'm Ken Schrader. In race car driving, seconds can win a race. But to win the race against pet overpopulation, you need to understand the importance of spaying or neutering your pets. Every few seconds, hundreds of dogs and cats are put down in our country. Help fix the problem. I urge you to spay or neuter your pets. To find out how, visit Pets911.com today. To find out about Spay Day events in your area, log on to Pets911.com or call one pets 911 Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. 
And we'll go to the phones, 1-866-405-8405. Yeah. Hi, we have Arden Moore on the line. You mean Arden Moore's, the, the, the famous author, has called the into the radio show? Author? Yes, she's holding for us. She's not even scheduled to be on. Well, uh, let's talk to her. Uh, hi. Hey, wh- Hey, how you doing, Hal? Well, hi, Arden. How are you doing? I'm trying to figure out what zip code I'm in. Yeah, I understand you're doing a little bit of traveling, huh? A little bit. Sometimes you're... even with my kitty cat. That's what I hear. What's that about? Well, Callie got to go on a satellite media tour uh, to New York City. Uh, we got back on, on Friday the 13th um, and, and uh, to talk about the Cat Behavior Answer Book. Now, this isn't just a, a little short trip. You're in California, right? Yeah, so we made sure it was a nonstop flight okay. and did all the right things. Um, and the one thing that is very, very important for people is that I didn't realize this. When it came to going through the screening, you know, I took my shoes off, my laptop, and then they said, take your cat out of the carrier. Ooh, Ooh okay. Which is uh, not, not going to be a fun thing right there with a million people probably around you and all the, uh, all the commotion. Right, and I had a harness and a leash with her in her little bag part, but fortunately, Callie's 12. She's very well behaved. And I just did that deep breathing, like, okay, I'm relaxed. She's going to hopefully think I'm relaxed. Went through the little screening. That was fine. But on the way back, I made sure she had her harness on in the carrier. And then when it came time to pluck her out, I attached the leash. So if anybody has to travel with their cat, please do something like that because you don't want a loose cat on in the airport. Oh, no, you yeah. sure don't. So, so how did she react to the whole trip? You know, she was quite... Uh, quite um, you know, typical cat in the hotel room, she did the perimeter prowl. Um, I did spray her carrier with one of those, uh, I don't want to say the product, you don't want me to say it, uh, but the one that kind of masks and mimics the uh, facial uh, feline pheromones. Right. Sure. So it kind of chills her out a little bit. And uh, I made sure she had her favorite uh, canned and, and food and treats, her regular kibble and her treats and they had a litter box and, you know, food and water bowl waiting for her. I gave her bottled water. And you know what? She was on the 20th floor overlooking Times Square. And I think she thought that that second floor perch of hers, you know, with a little cat tree looking at a bird feeder was cool. Imagine going up 20 stores. <laughs> sure. She was looking down at birds. <laughs> she thought it was great. Did she get to ride in the cabin of the plane with you, or did she have to ride in the cargo area? I made sure that she had to ride with me in the cabin. I wasn't going to have her plucked down below. And, and she's very quiet in a carrier. I had her trained in the carrier. I brought her favorite little bed. So when we did the filming, it was interesting because um, we'd have to take a break. You know, there'd be like 20 stations that wanted to put you on for three to ten minutes. And sometimes you'd have like a 15-minute break between the next station. Uh-huh. So I purposely would take her into the green room where she didn't feel as comfortable as the bed that was sit, set in the studio on a little uh, table next to me. So what I was doing was, every time we had to go back to shoot, she wanted to go back to that bed because that was her comfort <laughs> zone. So it was sort of a way of getting her to really hone in on staying on the bed. She stayed on the bed without even moving, just hanging out, looking at the camera. Wow. So I was I was really impressed. I want to know who her agent is because <laughs> they got her trained. Very, very good. So the, the cat travels very well. And, of course, uh, you were promoting the Cat Behavior Answer Book. Which right, is, right. Uh, like uh, one of these new little pocket books that is, well, they're cute. They're really yeah. cute, and they're they're easy to haul around wherever and learn a little bit about your animals. The book, the reason behind the book is these are real questions fired at me from people through the years when I've done, did Prevention Magazine and my role as editor of Catnip. I mean, I've been asked cat questions at dog parks. 
So I've been keeping these, a log of all these, and that's what this book is. It's sort of a, um, the, the whole total of all these uh, questions. And then we also had three experts um, that reviewed my questions, and we let them share some of their success stories. And if I could, I'd love to be able to mention that they're Alice Moon Finelli from Tufts. She's an animal behaviorist. Uh-huh. Arnie uh, Plotnick from New York City has a cat-only practice, and he's one of those guys that's got board certification in both feline medicine and internal medicine. And then Joan Miller, who's with the Cat Fancier Association, that knows everything and anything about every single cat breed. So I felt like I had my A team on this book. Of course, this follows up the uh, the the dog behavior answer book. Yes, you... right. Because I'm bipetual. You, you know, are... I have two dogs, two cats. <laughs> I've heard about people. that. You know, I know. It's I I, ha- I have to confess it on the air. You you guys get to break the story. Well, the, you know what else is? Uh, of course, you you said you were editor of Catnip Magazine. Mm-hmm. If you can make it onto Jay Leno, you've just pretty much made it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's funny. That's funny. That oh. is pretty good, though. Can we go ahead and play the Jay Leno clip? This this is uh, go from, for it. It's it, it happened on Monday night. They do headlines. Uh, Jay goes over different uh, spelling <laughs> errors and omissions, and he pulled up Catnip Magazine. This is how it went. Pay heed to the warning signs. If you have a cat, my wife and I have a cat. Cats infected with heartworm disease do not show any outward signs. Here are some of the signs: <laughs> difficulty breathing diarrhea, weight loss, and the last one, sudden death. (laughs) Is that still a symptom at that point? (laughs) Doc, I noticed my cat had sudden death. What did we, uh, is that a symptom of something? (laughs) You know what? Hey, if Jay Leno pokes fun at catnip, bring it on. That's great. That shows he's reading it. Well, I want to. I want to say that catnip. It's sort of a newsletter. That yeah, you... it's sort of like Consumer Reports for cats. It's it's not going to win any design awards, but it, it carries the latest in animal behavior and medicine. And we have a team at Tufts University. Um, that review everything, and I guess they like the sudden death as a symptom. They kept it in. Arden Moore, thanks so oh, much. Oh, thank you both. I enjoy speaking with you both. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60 catgenie.com or call 1-800-517-4289 that's 1-800-517-4289 cat genie is totally litter free okay cats need to dig and cover so cat genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing to cats cat genie fills and acts like a clean litter box see it in action at 60catgenie.com that's the number 60catgenie.com or call one 800 517-4289 That's 1-800-517-4289 Hello, this is Loretta Swift and I'm on Animal Radio and please don't forget to stay and neuter 
Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Ever since that big live Earth concert, I've been doing the best I can to cut back the resources I use, and especially in regards to my pet, Tracy Ann Main. She's with Pets 911, and they're leading the revolution. Hey, Tracy Ann. Hi, how are you? Doing very well. Glad to hear it. Uh, you're down there in hot Phoenix, aren't you? Absolutely. I, it's uh, a little cold today. It, oh, yeah. It's got, what, down 100? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right on the nose. Now, remember to keep those pets inside on hot weather like this. Of course, Pets 911 and your sister site, Earth 911, coming together to green your pet. Absolutely. And we're not talking about spray painting. Your yeah. Pet, right? No, please like, don't do that. <laughs> we're becoming more conscious, especially since that big concert. The big, uh, what was it, Al Gorade? Well, uh, something like that. I think it was actually called Live Earth. Live Earth. Live Earth. <laughs> and we're all trying to figure out how we can do our part. And you've put together some uh, tips for doing that, which is great. Tell us. Absolutely. Well, according to the Humane Society, there are 73 million dogs and 90 million cats that currently are in United States homes. Wow. So that means that household pets are actually consumers of valuable resources that we have. And these resources are like? Well, it could be their food, their toys, uh, their collars, their dog beds, all of their treats, different things like that that they get. Um, If anyone's like me, they go to the store to buy one thing for their pet and they come out with about 50. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they're definitely consumers, but they don't go to work. So we came up with a list to help people because... Green's the new black. The big one, of course, for us is to adopt your pet from a local shelter. Oh, yes. Uh, There are so many pets out there that are just absolutely adorable. I was just down at a shelter on Friday, and they just want a home. Mm -hmm. And we we have the resources. They're there. Uh, They're wonderful pets. Many pure breeds are also in shelters. People aren't aware of that. Yeah, they they always think that you have to go to a breeder to get a a pure breed, but that's not true. There's breed rescues, and you can find those also at Pets 911. Absolutely. Um, Another way is, you know, Bob Barker said it best, you know, help control the pet population, have your pets stay or neutered, Uh, which ties into adopting from a shelter. You know, if we can get our pets spayed and neutered, then we can control the pet population. Less dogs and cats take up less resources, which is very green and very earth-friendly as well. I like that. Um, Another tip we have is to find a vet near you. Even if you've moved, I know in Phoenix, people tend to move about every two years, and they just might move from the west side of town to the east side of town, and there are great vets on either side. So if you could find a vet closer to your home instead of traveling back and forth, Uh, That reduces carbon emissions and helps to uh, keep all of those levels down, everything we've been hearing about. And I want to remind people that you can find a vet in your area by going to Pets 911. Just putting in your zip code right there. Absolutely. You can find a vet. You can find an emergency clinic. You can find a stay and neuter clinic. So all the things that we've talked about from adoption down the line. Okay. And plus, keeping your pet healthy uh, also eliminates resources for medications or other things that might be needed if you wait a little bit too long to take your pet to the vet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's another reason to to go to Pets 911 and find a local vet for yourself. Well, not for yourself, but for your pet. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you need one, too. Um, They're this, cheaper. You know, you can get an yeah. appendectomy a lot cheaper. Absolutely. You're not kidding. That's for sure. <laughs> Look at your um, the food containers that you're bringing your pet's food home in. Don't just throw them in trash. Probably everything that you're using, whether it's a can, a bottle, or even the bags, are recyclable. And if you need a place to go to find a place where you can recycle, visit our site, earth911.org, and you type in your zip code, 
and you can find a recycle center and what products that they take there. And, you know, the same thing with recycling your pet waste, which is a great topic. Recycling pet waste. Well, you know, or at least using recycle <laughs> biodegradable bags. Okay. You know, let's go that route. Okay. okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I knew what you meant. I just, I had to take you there. Yeah, because, you know, I didn't want to go there, Hal. <laughs> sorry. You know, it's, uh, I take you to the lowest common denominator. It's, That's it, why we love you. Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, those bags, because I, I do this with the cat litter. Every time I clean the cat litter, I, I get a new plastic bag. I guess I right. shouldn't be doing that, huh? Well, plastic bags don't break down. Yeah. Or else they, they won't in our lifetime, that's for sure. So if you find biodegradable bags, which are very common now in grocery stores, pet stores, you know, pet supply places, uh, they break down. And then that allows what's inside of the bag to also break down. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be super green, uh, you can flush it. That's probably the best way to dispose it. Okay. I'd be there all day flushing all the, the water <laughs> over and over with all the waste. But, you know, biodegradable bags are a terrific way to go. And, you know, if you could find those and use those, that allows what's inside to break down as well instead of being stuck in plastic bags and landfills. Good advice. Yes, and it then, is. you know, another great advice is to buy your pet sustainable toys. So Sustainable this, toys. What, what kind of to- Is that like stuff made out of hemp? Right. Hemp collars, um, eco-friendly beds, uh, there's all different kinds of things. And, you know, a great definition of sustainable um, was done by the Brentling Commission, which is it meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. Well, there's a lot of companies out there that are making those type of products. There are, and you'll notice now that they're actually putting them on pet products. Mm -hmm. This is eco-friendly, this is environmentally friendly, earth-friendly, all different types of terms for it. We're with Tracy Ann Maines, counting down uh, the eight ways to green your pet. Most stations would have the top ten or top five. We have the top eight ways to green your pet, and this is uh, number eight. Number eight is uh, to keep your pet identified. And you wonder, well, how's that going to make myself green and my pet green? Mm-hmm. Once your pet gets lost, you use a lot of resources mm. trying to find them. You hang up posters, so you're printing off paper. You're driving around looking for your pet, driving to different shelters, driving to different rescues. Now, it's not going to keep your pet from getting lost, but if you have your pet identified, if you have them tagged, microchipped, whatever the case may be, um, your pet's likely to get home faster and with you using less resources. And if they do get lost, again, you can post them to Pets911.com, and we have a national lost and found database to help get pets home faster. And a lot of our success stories are neighbors who find their neighbor's dogs or cats or whatever the pet may be, a lizard. We've actually had a lizard found. So. <laughs> is it microchipped? Yeah, I don't think he was microchipped, but, you know, they don't move very fast. So I think the neighbor was able to catch them pretty quickly. Which is there. good because it wasn't spayed either. So yeah. that could have been uh, a horrible situation. Tracy Ann Maines, Pets 911, thanks for joining us. And, of course, thanks for being a partner of Animal Radio. Oh, thank you for having me. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA. And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. 
Every year, there are thousands of pets and animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Bill Mark with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. This public service announcement has been made possible by Animal Radio, a proud partner of Pets911.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. We've been talking about some great ways to green your pet. And, of course, we're not talking about spray painting your pet. No, or food coloring your dye or anything like that. You know, just like us, we use so many resources to raise a pet. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're one of those that spoils your pet like I do. <laughs> and you go through, and we just learned some things that I can do. Uh, every time I clean my cat litter, I don't have to use a, a brand new bag, because I do that daily. You just throw away the waste, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh-huh. It's a, a plastic bag that won't degrade, thrown into the landfill. The cans that I open for my cat food. It, Recycle. It, yeah, or I could buy the bigger cans and put a little, uh, put one of those plastic tops up. Mm-hmm. A great company who's gotten involved with the revolution, Simple Solution, a sponsor of Animal Radio. They have been for a while, and we thank them very much. Has introduced the natural biodegradable line of products, and we have Angela Torrey on the phone. Hi, Angela. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Hal. How are you? I'm so glad you're involved and the company's involved with this screening of our pet, kind of making it easier on the earth and eco-friendly. And you've introduced three lines of products. Well, one line, but three products. We've got three different products. The um, the most noteworthy product that we're most proud of is the Simple Solution Natural Training Pads. They're actually made with 100% biodegradable plastic. Um, they compost faster than an orange peel. Okay, so you're saying it degrades faster than an orange peel, which is organic? Yes, exactly. It um, actually meets all federal and California compostability standards, which we all know California has very high standards for their compostability. Um, So it's 100% biodegradable. Put it in your compost pile, and it will biodegrade faster than an orange peel within seven days. It's just environmentally friendly, and you got to love that. Now, you've been in the training pad business for a while. You're not out here just for the first time. And what's really cool is training pads, uh, they used to be like diapers, and yes. you, you fill a landfill with the, with these training pads. So mm-hmm. these they're not made out of plastic. It looks like plastic. It feels like plastic, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's a corn-based blend technology. And how do the animals love it? They, you know, all the house training um, people that we've had calling us say that they've had no trouble house training. They love the switch. We do have our original products out there, the nat- the training pads that we've made for the past 12 years. We've got people switching over to the natural products now, and they're saying that they love it. And uh, they feel like they're doing something for the environment, and they're doing something for their pet. And even the what? packaging that it comes in is biodegradable. Exactly. So whenever <laughs> you pick up the package in the store and you feel the material on there, that is actually the material that the training pads are made out of as well. So we use the same material on the packaging as we do on the training pads. I'm going to actually give out a package right now, one 405 8405 Now, you also uh, have a pet stain and odor eliminator, and this is cool because this is natural. Tell us it's, about it. It's all natural. Um, we actually use plant-based mild cleansers um, and renewable corn-based ethanol as well. 
So um, it's a completely all-natural product. It has no animal byproducts in it whatsoever. Um, it works great. Uh, it's got a wonderful fragrance. It's a ginger eucalyptus fragrance. And uh, it, it, it smells great. It's light. It's fresh. It takes care of the immediate odor. And then within 5 to 10, 15 minutes, you will not smell any pet odors in that area. And it has a nozzle on it, too. This is a really cool feature that's not on our other products. Mm-hmm. Um it's got a targeted, customized nozzle. So whenever you put it down into the carpet fibers, it actually goes all the way down to the subfloor. So there's not any area that you're not going to penetrate with this solution. So you're going to get all of the stain, all of the odor completely out of your carpets. And this is safe to use around my children and my pets. Exactly. Even if they groom themselves. The, the pets, that is, not your children. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're 15, even, <laughs> 20, I still can't get them, you know, can't to touch them. Themselves. Yeah. Right, so if they walk over it um, and it gets on their paws right. and then they turn around and they lick their paws, it's completely safe. Mm. And that's not, that's not it. There's one more. There's one more. Okay. There is. We also have the pet bathing shampoo. Um, the really cool thing about this, it doesn't have any preservatives in it. Again, it has the mild vegetable-based cleansers, aloe vera, vitamin E. It's got some um, vitamin B5 in there as well. Um, it's really foamy, so you don't have to, you know, get your pet completely soaked and, and soap. Um, it's really thick. You just need a little bit of it, and it cleans really, really well. Um, and it moisturizes also, which we know is very important in the summer months, especially when your skin can get really dry. Um, and this fragrance on this one is a sweet almond fragrance. Um, so it's very, you know, it's got a human-type uh, fragrance to it. You know, you always want your pets to smell uh, as good as you do. So. But they love it. They love the smell, too. They do. They do. And, and they want to lick it, which is fine. It's all natural. They can lick it. They can do it. <laughs> they can taste it if they want to. <laughs> well, it's a simple solution, natural line of products, the shampoo, the pet stain and odor eliminator, and, of course, the natural training pads. We can learn more at simplesolution.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Simplesolution.com. We appreciate you guys sponsoring Animal Radio. Check it out. Links to everything you've heard. In fact, you want to learn a little more? Simplesolution.com. Hello, this is Don DeLuise, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Love your pets, they'll always love you back. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Cat Genie is totally litter free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover. So Cat Genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing. To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. New cookbook for humans and dogs. I'm veterinarian Dr. Jim Humphreys, reporting for Animal Radio. There's a new book coming to town, a new cookbook. It's going to be out in October. It is for people who would like to cook meals that they can share with their neighbors 
and their dogs, which, frankly, I think is great. Entitled The Dog Ate It, Cooking for Yourself and Your Four-Legged Friends, the author shares recipes for dogs and owners alike. Try stuff like Chow Bella Burgers or Growly Good Granola or some dog-friendly salads. Not sure my dog would eat a salad, but they've got salads. This is certainly not new. I've seen dog cookbooks on the shelves for two decades or so, but they certainly are fun. The book also provides some doggy diet do's and don'ts and what foods to have on hand so you can invent your own canine-friendly recipes. Kind of fun. A bit more unique even than that is beer for dogs. Happy Tail Ale is a new non-alcoholic beer for dogs recently launched in the U.S. It is also non-carbonated and pasteurized. Made with choice malted barley and filtered water, the new brew comes in beef flavor and it's fortified with vitamin E and glucosamine. Okay, stop. Think a minute. Beer for dogs. It's non-alcoholic. It's good for you. What's the reason? What's the purpose? I don't get it. As the story goes, it started with a family and their dog, Cody. While out on camping trips, the family noticed that Cody would knock a beer over and then lick it up from the dirt. So... For Cody's second birthday, the family bought him some non-alcoholic beer. Then they decided to go all out, I guess, and make a special brew just for Cody. And, well, that's how it started. You can get a 12-pack for $20. Why 12? Well, I guess it's because dogs age faster than people and they need to drink more. Life is short, you know. Live it up. For the Veterinary News Network at MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. Hi, Tammy. Hi, how are you? Very well. I sure wish I knew you about seven, eight years ago. When we were in Charlottesville. Right. Living in Charlottesville, of course, uh, I slept in a doghouse there. and It was just a regular old doghouse right there on, really? right there on the corner of uh, the 29 and... Uh, Rio Road. And uh, that was to raise money for the local SPCA when I lived there. Now, you are you have a program there called the Design and Challenge Program. And I guess this is uh, for 10 to 14-year-olds. Tell us what you've done. Uh, well, what we've done is um, the program actually teaches kids about the construction industry, and the kids learn from area carpenters and different construction firms on how to design and build dog houses. And one of the biggest things that the kids wanted to do was to be able to offer something back to the community. So a group of kids decided that they were going to go ahead and call the Humane Society and see where... They could find where animals needed their help. And so we located um, uh, Mississippi on the list. And, well, they had a huge list. They were like, oh, we can do everybody. And I'm like, no, we can do one one state. <laughs> <laughs> um, our kids are very uh, excited about this. They actually uh, learned how to design the dog houses themselves. And we have an architect, what we do, an architect comes in and designs the dog houses um, with the kids from scratch. And then the kids take their design and turn it into, and actually build it. And this is no regular dog house. We're talking like uh, Monticello? Uh, We're talking about Monticello. Um, we have the mansion. We have a fire truck dog house. How many did they build? They have built over 115. Wow. And so wow. This, since, since the beginning of January, what happened was um, when the kids had an interest in it, I told them, you know, we have to learn about Mississippi before we can actually build. So not only did we learn about how to build the dog houses, but we also learned about the weather. 
what kind of material we should use versus the material we use here. Uh-huh. So the kids had a great opportunity. And then we had our local SPCA come out and teach the kids about animals, care, and safety. So our kids want to do more than that. They want to be a part of the movement for the SPCA. And, of course, this SPCA was hit hard with uh, Katrina. These animals that they're going to uh, are Katrina animals, are they not? They are. They are. And actually from... Um, well, we had a little bit of trouble uh, raising all of our money, so we only could spend like half this weekend. And to my understanding, they love them. They love them down there, and we'll hopefully uh, have the rest of the money by the end of next week, and we'll come back down and, and hopefully the kids can join us. Well, I'm so glad that the the kids are learning young about uh, building a house and uh, shelter for dogs and caring for the animals. Caring for the animals. Yeah. Good news to come out of Virginia. You know, there's been a lot of bad news recently. This is good news to come out of Virginia and, of course, Charlottesville. And I remember Charlottesville. They love their animals there in Charlottesville. (laughs) Yes, we do. Yeah. Tammy, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for the great work you're doing. Well, thank you, and have a great day. Do you have a website you want me to give out by chance? No, but you can give out our phone number. We don't have a website. Our number is uh, 434-953-4980. And our kids are looking to build more, so if anyone has a need, you can just let us know or you want to help us raise money to continue this effort. Very good. And, of course, we'll put that phone number and links to everything uh, you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you. Have a great day. Good people doing good work. And that's all the time we have for this week. Remember, there's lots more. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year at AnimalRadio.com. We're streaming online. Also on your cell phone, 24 hours a day. Uh, let's say you're at the airport, 2 in the morning, you want to listen to Animal Radio, you can do it. All you got to do is text ANIMAL to 27627. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if you get a cat, don't ever declaw. And remember, never buy from a breeder. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio. Have a great week. This is Animal Radio Network.